What started out as ramen noodles in a dream has turned into $8.3 million in the last 13 years. Boy, am I grateful. Hello, incredible ones. Happy October. I'm so excited to be with you. We are doing a series of rewinds. Now, if you've been paying any attention to what I've been talking about here on the podcast over the past few months, we are just days away from breakthrough in business, next level everything, the virtual edition. And so as a result of that, this month, I'm taking the month off from producing new episodes or releasing new interviews. And instead, what we're going to do now is go back, way back to some of my favorite episodes and also the episodes that you have enjoyed the most. Because what I know for sure is that you can listen to a good thing just once. And when you listen to this episode again, I think you're going to get something new and exciting because you're in a different place now. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you. But before we jump into the episode, I also want to just celebrate my 13 year in business anniversary. Now, I had I started my business October 1st, 2007. You know the story, but I, and you're going to hear the story again because the episode that we're rewinding for you is episode number 3 on the podcast, Ramen Noodles in a Dream. So let me just give you the quick and dirty on the story as it pertains to this 13th anniversary. So I finished my second pink Cadillac on September the 30th, 2007. We needed to do 60,000 wholesale, which is the equivalent to 120,000 retail in 30 days in order to qualify for a second Cadillac. But your girl did it. We did it. The, the unit at the time rally pulled together, picked up the phone, placed the orders. We got it done. But immediately when it was over, instead of feeling elated, I felt pressure. It was a Britney Spears moment. Oops, I did it again. I had literally traded one desk for another, as you'll hear me talk about in this episode. And so I remember that night going to bed and, had, and praying before I went to sleep. Lord, show me what it is you have next for me with no clue that God would speak as fast as he did. And in my dream, I saw myself walking into a building that had a marquee that read Incredible One Enterprises. That literally happened October the 1st, 2007, overnight, right? So when I went to bed on the 30th, woke up, on the first, I now had a vision of this company, what is today become Incredible One Enterprises. And it's crazy because when I stop and I think back 13 years later, I didn't make a dime for the first nine months. So that's why I actually celebrate two anniversaries, October the 1st, 2007, but I also celebrate June 27th, 2008, because that is when I made my first dime in the name of Incredible One Enterprises, I finally, after all of the pounding of the payment, trying to call in favors, actually turned up a speaking gig where they paid me $4,000 to come in and do a half-day workshop. Listen, you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> but as you know, and as you'll be reminded as you listen back to Ramen Noodles in a Dream, my early years were filled with struggle, doubt, questioning, bankruptcy, and humbling myself to get back into the workforce just so that I would not end up living in my car. 
And even though I took that step back, I was clear that it was a setup for a comeback. By the time we got to 2010, which is the year that I walked away at the end of my full-time job to come back into full-time entrepreneurship, I knew that I was ready, that I really had what it would take to become unemployable and to never again put myself in a position where someone else would be able to call the shots in my life. And I can't believe it's been almost 10 years since I decided to build a business that serves me financially and spiritually. And something shifted and changed in me in 2014. I really decided to answer the call on my life to shift my, shift my business to openly share my faith as a part of my unique value proposition in the marketplace. And for the first time ever, I was able to create a safe space for people to deepen their connection to God without religious undertones. And it also began the beginning of my purpose taking center stage in my life and opening up doors that no man can shut. Just the other day, I was having a conversation with a former client and also someone who's gonna be donning the stage at Breakthrough Virtual in a few weeks. Markeith Braden, and he asked me how much money I generated in the 13 years that I've been in the business. And because I love numbers, know my numbers, I pulled up my spreadsheet and I told him $8.3 million has been generated over the last 13 years. $8.3 million. Okay, let's just go from ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly every other day for 18 months to $8.3 million dollars in revenue generated in this business. Seriously, I have never actually added it all up, even though it was all right there in my spreadsheet, I had never actually added it up. It literally took my breath away to realize that my dream has been such an impactful one already. I mean, like how many of us, we, we create a dream, we say we wanna do something, and then we just get busy working and we never stop to look back to see what we've actually accomplished. It was one of those kind of moments for me. And so as I think about celebrating 13 years, as I think about ramen noodles in a dream, my heart is instantly filled with so much gratitude because over the last 13 years, I've had the pleasure of helping thousands of entrepreneurs define own, unleash, leverage, and scale their incredible factor. So as the song says, flowing from my heart are the issues of my heart. It's gratefulness. Gratefulness. That's what's flowing from my heart right now. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for so much. I'm grateful for my purpose. I'm grateful to be able to impact lives. I'm grateful for every single client I've ever served. I'm grateful for every event attendee I've ever taught. I'm grateful for every stage I've ever spoken on, every interview I've given, every piece of content I've created, and every prospect, whether they said yes or no, that allowed me to be part of their story. I'm grateful that I have a business that serves me. I'm grateful that I'm unemployable. I'm grateful that I was allowed, able to allow my husband to walk away from a job that he hated, and my business has been able to sustain the lifestyle that I was accustomed to living and he has become accustomed to living. I'm grateful for doing work that shakes the planet. I'm grateful for giving God something to bless. I'm grateful that I'm not a business coach. Yeah, business coaching and consulting is what I do, but I am a life transformer. I'm grateful that when people come into my space, everything about them up levels. I'm grateful for every award, every testimonial, accolade. I'm grateful that you're listening to this podcast right now. 
I'm grateful for every single person I've met on the journey. As you listen in to episode number three, ramen noodles in a dream, just know that I'm grateful that you are here. I'm grateful for all that you've meant to me and to this podcast. And I'm excited about what the next 13 years of us doing life and business together will hold. Enjoy the episode. Hello, incredible one. Welcome to the Incredible Factor Business Podcast, the place to be to grow a business that funds the life you crave. I'm your host, business growth strategist, Darnielle J. Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, interviews, and business growth strategy to help you experience abundance in your life because of your business. Oh, and one more thing. On this podcast, I'm going to keep it all the way real with you about the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. But don't worry, it's all for your good so that you can build a business that funds the life you crave. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, incredible one. Danielle here, excited to welcome you back to another episode of the Incredible Factor Business Podcast. This episode is powered by the Breakthrough in Business Live Experience happening May 21st through the 24th in Wilmington, Delaware. To learn more, please visit BreakthroughInBusinessEvent.com. In our last episode, we talked about the model of financial and spiritual abundance. And I am loving, loving, loving the feedback that you're sharing about how that episode really blessed you. So thank you, first and foremost, for letting me know that what I'm sharing is making a difference to you and keep the feedback coming. In fact, be sure to go subscribe and rate this podcast so that more people get to learn about it. And thank you so much in advance for helping me. Before we move on to the next foundational principle that I want to share with you, I'm interrupting that flow to bring you an episode that is long overdue. Before we go too much further, I have to share something with you. Up until this point, I've really only shared bits and pieces of my story. And it's really important if we're going to get to know each other, if we're going to build a relationship and we're going to connect that I keep it all the way real with you. So I'm gonna share something with you early on in our relationship that used to be my shame, that I honestly thought I would never share with anyone ever on the planet. Like that's how serious taking this secret to my grave used to be. I was a firm believer in the whole fake it until you make it principle, you know, where you act as if and all of that grand and wonderful stuff. I think I first learned it when I was in Mary Kay. And it used to be okay, but then I started to feel out of integrity. And I realized that only if I shared my truth would my purpose set people free. And so a few years ago, I really started to let it all hang out in my life, in my business, and it has made such a substantial difference. But I have to be honest and tell you that me getting liberated actually happened completely by mistake. So you know uh, the part of my story where I share, you know, how I was raised in a family with parents that were drug addicts and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to continue to spare you those details for now, and I'm going to move right into my professional life. So when I graduated from college, I took a job in corporate America where I worked for 12 years. I progressed from 
217 entry level customer service representative to assistant vice president um, and then vice president inside of three and a half, maybe four years. It was crazy. It was unheard of the rate with which I progressed in my career. And I became well known for being the go-to person for getting things done, for being able to look at strategy, make clear decisions and make things happen. And I'm really, really proud of that. At around the 11 year and 10 month mark, I started to get the itch for there had to be more to life than this. The whole sitting behind someone else's desk was not what God had for me. And so I, I ended up quitting my job. And that's when I started to do my Mary Kay Cosmetics business full time. I came from a very successful six figure career in corporate to Mary Kay Cosmetics where when I first quit my job, I had severance, so I was doing pretty well, and then I eventually grew my Mary Kay business substantially to six figures, so my lifestyle didn't really suffer very much. But when in 2007, and I talked to you about this already, I decided that Mary Kay, I was done with Mary Kay, wasn't the next and best for me, and I decided to take and send my pink Cadillac back to the company, the bottom kind of fell out of my life. and. I know, I'm talking specifically to those of you who can remember the part of your journey when you were starting your business and it was hard as hell. <laughs> and no amount of motivation or inspiration stopped you from praying and worrying all at the same time whether or not you were going to make it in your business, right? I feel you. I have been there, done that, and have that t-shirt. And so as I sent my pink Cadillac back and I started Incredible One Enterprises, I did something that I would never encourage anyone starting a business to do today. I spent nine months getting ready and building out programs and products and services without creating a business plan, without doing marketing research, without validating that I was actually solving a problem in the marketplace. And so once I came onto the scene and like kind of threw up my shingle and said, ta-da, Incredible One Enterprises is here, I heard crickets. And those crickets turned into no revenue coming into my business. And I was just about at the end of the cash that I had on hand from what I had saved when I worked in corporate America. I literally did not change my lifestyle when I stopped working my business in my Mary Kay. Um, and quit my job. I lived the same exact way, but the money started to run out and I started to live on credit cards. And eventually I had about a quarter of a million dollars in credit card debt. And I'm not proud to tell you this, but you need to know this. You need to have this background. And I had this new business and I had all of these, this, um, success from previous times and all of these people who were looking at me and counting on me and praying for me and wanting me to succeed. And I felt like a big fat failure because it wasn't working. And so I had to get a job. I had to get a job. Like it wasn't, it was a necessity and it was a necessity just to be able to keep a roof over my head and a car for me to drive to get back and forth to work. It was not a job that paid me well. It was basically my, my savior position just to keep my, myself afloat. Because here's what I did know. I did know that I had a dream, that Incredible One Enterprises was supposed to happen, and it was 
even at that time when it certainly didn't look like it was a million dollar business. I knew that. I knew that in my gut. I knew that in my heart. But I also knew that I had no money. And if I wasn't careful, I was going to be in foreclosure in my home and they were going to repossess my car. And I wasn't willing to let the dream keep me from being able to live. I hope that makes sense. And so I, I got a job. It was not the worst thing that ever happened to me. I took a job. The job paid very minimal. It was a nonprofit organization where I was working. I made like maybe $46,000 a year, which when you looked at my previous salary and my bonus was like chump change. It was not cool. And to continue to live at the level where I lived before, I supplemented with credit cards. And before I knew it, I had a quarter of a million dollars in credit card debt. And I was also facing a major decision because I'm, I got all of this going on in my background and I'm trying to build a new business. And here's what I need you to know. You cannot have a booming business when you have a busted life. My life was busted all the way up. I lived constantly in fear, worry, and doubt. You know that saying, if you're going to worry, um, don't pray. And if you're going to pray, don't worry. Well, listen, I didn't have time to pray because I was too busy worrying. I did not know how I was going to make it. I had so much stress and pressure on my shoulders. And I was so, I was just so beside myself. I was drowning and I was drowning fast. And I didn't know how I was going to get out of it. And the job came at a time where at least gave me a glimpse of possibility, gave me enough hope. And interestingly, the job that I took was running a, a women's business center here in the state of Delaware. So I had always been great at business. I have an MBA. And even in my Mary Kay Cosmetics business, once I set my mind to it and made the decision, I had a pink Cadillac in five months. And so here I was with an opportunity to run a women's business center and to help, guess what, help women uh, create their business plans. Like, are your lights going off? Like my lights were going off. Like, God, how awesome was this? That even when I was out of alignment and I was living in constant worry and fear, God was still providing. He was still making a way out of no way. He was still looking out for me. And so I took that job with making $46,000 a year and I made a decision, right? Emerson says it best. Once you decide, all of the universe rearranges itself to bring you what you decide. And part of that is the positive things that shift, but part of that is the negative things that shift. And so one of the negative things that shifted was all of this debt, this mountain of debt. I was on the verge of foreclosure. I bought my home at the height of the market right before the bubble burst with one of those uh, arm loans that were you know, warm and fuzzy for the first five years. And then once that thing matured, it was going to put me under the poorhouse. That's how bad my loan was. And I needed to do a, a loan modification. I needed to figure out how I was going to do my best at this job. And I still had a commitment to build my business. So I'm battling with all of this at the same time. And I'm so afraid of what people think of me. I've since come to realize that what people think of me is none of my business, but that was not my story in 2000, from 2008 to 2010. And it got worse and worse and worse. And I had to file bankruptcy. Now I'm pausing as I tell you this, not because I'm ashamed of it today, but I will be honest. At that time, I was so ashamed. And the person 
who was in the courtroom, you, you know, you have to appear, or maybe you don't know, you have to appear in front of the trustee, I think it's what they're called. And one of the people in the courtroom was someone I had gone to high school with who, <laughs> I mean, I didn't get most likely to succeed or anything like that, but I mean, I was a pretty decent deal in high school and people knew that I would amount to something. And here I am filing bankruptcy. I thought my life was over and I promise you, it was my shame. I was never going to tell anyone, never, never, never going to tell anyone quarter of a million dollars in credit card debt. Like my head is in my hands right now as I tell you this, because I still think back on that moment and how my life was just like, there was no way I could even think about building the business that serves me. And part of the reason before I continue with the story, I wanted to pop on and share this in a quick episode with you is because it's so important, right? Again, you cannot have a booming business when you have a busted life. I'll do an entire episode on that later. But I was in a position where there was no way in the world that I could build my business to what it has become today. There's no way in the world that it could have possibly happened based on where I was. And filing bankruptcy, it was something I avoided. I should have filed it two years before I actually did because I was so afraid of what people would think of me because they put your bankruptcy in the public notice uh, in the newspaper. And I thought everybody was going to see my name, like I'm some amazing celebrity and they were going to call me and the whole world would know about my failure. And so I didn't. And why am I sharing this? Because sometimes when we have a shame, when we've been through something, we let it overshadow what's possible for us. And I just have to tell you in the moment, I was scared out of my mind to file bankruptcy and to go through that process. But today, as I look back on it, almost nine years later from when I filed, because it was in 2010, it was honestly the best thing I've ever done. And I'm not advocating for filing bankruptcy just to file for bankruptcy. Um, but I was, I was in a position where there was no other way. There was, there was nothing else that I could do. It had to be done but I was still ashamed to do it because I used to work for a credit card company. I had at one point in time, I had a perfect credit score, 830 credit score. What? Like who does that? Right. These are all of the things that are going through my mind and it's all impacting my ability to show up fully in my business. And so 2010, I ended up filing bankruptcy. Now let me back up for a second and say throughout all of this time, I'm working at the nonprofit, helping other people establish their business plans. And guess what? I'm writing my own business plan on the side, right? I'm realizing what difference it would make it, it would make as I went out to do the work that I know I was called to do if I had this this frame to come from. And so it was it was my savior position. I think I said that already. It really allowed me to learn the things that I didn't know that are really important about business. But more importantly, it learned, it helped me to learn that it's not about what's happened to you. It's about how you use what's happened to you to go to the next level. So during this time frame, life changes drastically. Now I was driving at one point in time a Mercedes Benz. I'm living in a great home. I'm making great money. I have great money. I'm affording great things. And by the time that I was ready to file bankruptcy, I was eating ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly every other day. I did that for 18 months in succession, ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly. But you know what? I ate those ramen noodles. I ate that peanut butter and jelly because I had a dream and that dream 
was going to take me to a life that I could be excited about, that other people would want to model, that I could be an example of what was possible. It was also during this time that I really, I drew close to God and I started to really think about seeing myself the way he saw me. And before I was calling it that, like that's new language for me, but I was really stepping in to understanding that this one blemish was really, as uh, Dr. Willie Jolly says, it was a setback. It was a setback that would turn into a comeback, right? It was a, uh, I'm trying to get his phrasing right. A setback is a set up for a comeback is his actual phrasing. It was a setup for a comeback in my life if I would allow it to be. So now to the part of the story where it came out because I was never going to tell anyone. So fast forward to 2013 or 2012, 2012, fast forward to 2012. I'm two years out from the bankruptcy. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling some instant release. I'm starting to shift away. I think I had learned some stuff when I had that position. I'm now full-time in my business. And I'm, I have a six-figure business. We're doing, around 2012, we were doing about a quarter of a million dollars. So we're doing pretty well, especially when you look at the statistics around small business and how most businesses don't get anywhere close to that. We're doing pretty good. And I was holding a live event. A lot of my stories happen around live events, right? So I was holding a live event and it was amazing. It was the first event that was in the Unleash Your Incredible Factor era of my business. And um, I, we had 68 people in the room. It was really powerful. It was day three and we were coming back from lunch and one of the attendees handed me a note. It was just a little a simple thank you card, right? But in the note, she put my favorite scripture, which is eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man that which God has for those who love him. And I read that note and I immediately started to bawl. I immediately started to bawl. And the room was still empty at that point with the exception of a few people. And then the doors opened and someone walked in and they immediately said, Darnielle. And I looked up because I instantly forgot that I was crying and that, you know, my eyes and my makeup and whatever. And I look up and they, of course, stop and panic because they care about me and they don't want to see me crying. And so they, you know, run up to me and they're like, what's up? What's wrong? Are you okay? At this time, everybody's coming back into the room. We're about to restart the afternoon session. And so I stand up, kind of get myself together enough. And I proceed to talk about this note that I had just gotten and why I do this work. I've always said, if your why doesn't make you cry, it's not big enough. Right. And I'll do an episode about that too. And so I start talking about my why, why I do this work and the difference that it makes. And it slipped out. <laughs> it slipped out. It slipped out. I could not believe it. I could not take it back. Everyone heard it. And I realized something really powerful in that moment that when we speak our truth, when we are vulnerable and transparent unequivocally without thinking about what people might think of us or, or being judged, we really transform. We really transform. And I often think back on those 18 months when I ate those ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly every other day. And I held on to my dream of what my life could be like. And as I look at what my life is today, I mean, I'm married to the love of my life. I have such an amazing man in my life. I don't even know what to do. He's so amazing. We live in a beautiful home. 
and I really want for nothing. I know it all started because I was willing to face my shame. I was willing to eat those ramen noodles while holding on to my dream. And so I just wanted to share a little bit more of my story. I'm, I'm still probably unpacking it in pieces for you and I will continue to do so. But I wanted to just leave you with this on this day as you're listening to this episode of the podcast. What you've been through isn't for you. It's for the lives that'll be changed when you have the courage to own your story and to share unapologetically. And I just want you to consider, like I had to consider myself so many times, what would happen if the things that happened to you didn't happen to you, but they happened for you or through you? And I just want to offer you a different perspective to whatever your shame might be. Maybe you too filed bankruptcy and you thought you'd never tell anyone. Maybe you've gotten divorced more times than not when you thought you were going to be with that person for the rest of your life. Maybe it was something else. Maybe you went to jail. Whatever your shame is, if you really want to build a business that funds the life you crave, you need to let it go. You need to release it in faith that by telling your story, by inviting people into your journey of how you got to the place where you stand at that particular moment, it was all for your good. And then more importantly, it's all for their good. Like I would not be the same coach and strategist if I were still holding on to that shame. If I were afraid to tell people about my ramen noodles and a dream and filing bankruptcy and almost losing my house and my car and all of that stuff that didn't kill me, that didn't take me out, but only made me better and stronger and helped me to be the woman that sits here today helping so many others unpack their life and position themselves to build businesses that serve them financially and spiritually. So what I want to encourage you to do as a result of listening to this episode is figure out what it is that you've been holding back. Figure that out and find a way to release it because I promise you abundance, alignment, connection. We talked about the model of financial and spiritual abundance in the last episode. Connection is waiting for you when you release it. As you let the shame go and step into surrender, again, your life will truly, truly begin. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining me for the Incredible Factor Business Podcast. I'd love to help you build a business that funds the life you crave. You can get started today by joining our exclusive community at sixfigurecashflowclub.com. And if you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, you deserve a business that funds the life you crave. Take care.